We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN, and presented by our friends at Prize Picks. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the exquisitely skilled at Daily Fantasy Sports, Rohan Kadi. Mr. Kadi, happy Friday. Happy weekend. Happy Friday. Happy Friday indeed. I mean, it's been uh it's been a fun week. I has it no. been a good week? There's been no NBA. Yeah. And uh the NBA news we've gotten has just been a lot of interviews. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> interviews, a lot of quotes. Giannis doesn't you know, watch I'm, film. This is this duh. is a very pro this is a very pro podcast podcast because duh. Yeah. But sometimes we need to take the mic away from people. It could just be us. They could just it be just... on our show. It could just be us on our show because there's been like this is not the focus of the episode at all. No. I say as I drop an AirPod. Yeah. Uh, but there is just 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 been the Bucks media tour recently has been will, insane. It took a nice turn lately when we got to everyone defending TA's existence. That was it good. Did. I'm sure you I did enjoy that. that I'll yeah. Say that. Dame and and uh, who else? Pat Bev. Just like oh, mm-hmm. we love Thanasis. No one can do what Thanasis does. And I, I, after Dame said, I would like to see the people that detract from Thanasis play him at All Star. Uh, as an All Star, uh, um, I saw uh, Ez Ez Baren, ah, I forgot his last name. Ez Barendi, Ez Barenhi, uh, who covers the Raptors and the NBA at large, said that should be the new All Star event because everyone was bored with the weekend. And I was like, I would love to watch that. Imagine just I mean, like, it- people plucked from NBA Twitter playing TA. That would be incredible. I mean, he would destroy them. Yes. It would probably... This is what I pictured. He hits you with the sham god. Your ankles are destroyed, and then he just misses the bunny. The game just goes on. Like, he's embarrassing you forever, but it takes longer than it should to end. As Fandiar Baraheni. So I got the name right now. Sorry about getting it wrong earlier, as it is pre-8 a.m., so I don't feel as bad as I normally would uh, for that mistake. 
Yeah, but uh, I, I I do like the the turn that the Bucks media tour has gotten. But we've gotten we've gotten a lot of Doc Rivers. Oh, we've gotten yeah. some Giannis. This, we've got we got the, a lot of Doc Rivers. The whole thing was a mistake. I told him, <laughs> "Why are you doing this?" And then I told the, Bucks ownership, "Why are you firing the coach that I'm advising?" And then there's a whole now genre of meme that is like, um, uh, Doc predicting things because he also it's, apparently said. He said he told Kawhi Shake Gildas Alexander was going to be a star, which no one believes. And now people the are guy going, he he benched for uh, yeah. And now people are saying like he was he called the Trojan horse was going to be a trap and all these other things. They're saying they're saying he's he's on par with LeBron as a generational liar. I think he is. Um, so it's going to be an interesting rest of the season uh, for us to cover here. Uh, but anyway, so that's what's been going on with the Bucks, which has been just, like, annoying. I've tried to pay attention to as little of it as possible. Oh, Giannis doesn't watch film, which uh, Chandler Parsons said is the reason why he has not never won a title, which is, I- I've got to say, the irony of trying to tear someone apart for not being prepared when you don't know, like, the very top-line items of their career is just perfect. It is. And also, that's not even... I'm like 90 percent sure that's not even what Giannis meant I well he said he doesn't watch basketball I mean he's lie he lies I I've said this I've tried to say this artfully so many times I'm just not gonna say he lies to the media he just says stuff I don't know why exactly if it's to maintain like an air of mystery or, or what the the goal is but he just says things that just clearly aren't true and sometimes they contradict each other yeah it's it's been a it's been a trend over his entire career so not going to read too much into it, but I no. think I think we've 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 done enough on the media tour. Talk about the real ball, which is what we're here to do. The Bucks are back in action tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The conceit for our episode is we're going to go through each player. Nine p.m. Central tip. Yeah, and then noon for Minnesota. Noon, noon against the Sixers. Like, what is happening? It's disgusting. S- Sunday matinee, though. That's true. I will say. Yeah. I have a nice dinner planned with my wife, Mrs. Eurostep, tonight. So the start time kind of works out for me. Oh, there you go. You can go out for dinner, be back well in time for a night. I mean, I'm going to be exhausted. I'm going to be tired, but that's okay. I might get crabby. Chris Middleton is not playing. Uh, we heard he is not practicing yet. He probably won't play in the nooner against Philly either. Doc Rivers says it's not a big deal, though. He said, hey, relax, which I appreciate him saying that because I do think it actually did unironically calm people down. He's like, hey, if it was the playoffs, he would play. He feels great, but not 100%, so he's not going to play in these games. I was like, okay, honestly, if, if you're going to yap about everything, at least I'll take this comfort and clarity. I really will. I'm not mad about this that is update. Such a, this is such a departure from Bucks coaching staffs of years past. Bud and would say, I've... yeah, no, he has legs. And Griffin yeah, would no. say... What, no, what he would, would Griffin say, say? No, Bud would say, yeah, Chris Middleton is on the team. Yeah. He's going to play basketball. Adrian Griffin right? might say, Adrian Griffin might say that Chris has legs. I, I feel like Griffin would contradict himself sometimes in the same. They'd be like, Chris is going to play dot, 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 basketball again at some point. I was just like, wait, what? Chris said what he's going to come back tonight, so I think he's going to play. <laughs> what a fun four months that was. Oh my god, I just can't believe whatever and Prunty would just say, like, you know what? I'm just doing what I can for these guys. Prunty was very intense in his press conferences. They would be like, Oh, you like feel good about the job you're doing? 
I don't think about myself at all. I don't care. This is for the team. It's like, damn, Joe Prunty. Have a little fun, man. But yes, the conceit for this episode is that uh, we're going to go through each each member of the Milwaukee Bucks uh, roster and say what we need from them for the second half, second, quote unquote, second half of the season after the All-Star break to really gear them up for a title run. And uh, yeah, we're just going to go through each player, give our thoughts, and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say first that we do, since we do have injury news, um, do you want to weigh in at all on the Chris news? I mean, it seems I was hoping he'd be back after All Star break. If he misses, you know, two more games, that's not the end of the world, obviously. But it would have been nice to get back to full strength. Apparently, so Doc said everyone else practices normal. Uh, was it Giannis and somebody else was listed as probable? Was it Pat? I don't remember now. Giannis and somebody else were listed as probable, but Doc said to the media before the injury report was shared that everyone practiced as normal, so assume that those guys will be playing against the Timberwolves. Yeah, I think it's a little disappointing uh, that Chris won't be playing, but I'm glad to hear that it's not super serious and just waiting and taking a little bit more time. Being cautious with he Chris was, is He was good. shooting without like an ankle wrap. I know folks were sharing that, so that was further good news that... You know, he's not booting around at this point. So that's great. And then we do have one other quick piece of news. Uh, the Bucks signed a new two-way player, Ryan Rollins, formerly of the Washington Wizards, was drafted technically by the Hawks and traded to the Warriors with a 44th or 45th overall pick two years ago. Uh, one of the things, so he played his the first Warriors? game. Yeah, he was a Warrior his rookie year. Oh, yeah. He went over in the Jordan Poole. Yeah, in the, in the uh, Jordan Poole trade. Yeah. Chris Paul trade. Um, Rollins, I think is pretty interesting. It's just kind of like a, a, a mystery box at this point. So I was looking it up and sometimes G league numbers are tricky. So this might be a little higher because they count the showcase and the regular season differently. I can double check. But when I counted up all the games he had played in the G league and in the NBA since being drafted. So this is his second season now. Actually, let me double check this right now. Uh, okay, so it's a little bit higher. Oh, wait, I can do showcase plus regular season. So Rollins has played 29 games in the G League, and I think he's played like 10 in the NBA. And This season, yes. And last season, what was it, like 19? 12. 12. So he's played 22 NBA games and... 29 G League games. So he's basically not yet reached the number of games he played in college in the NBA and G League combined. So just like has not been able to play. So he's had some injuries that have held him back. Uh, of course, you know, being on the Warriors when they're at least trying to win, it makes sense why a rookie wouldn't play. I am confused why he wasn't able to play for the G League team more, but I know the injuries were a factor. But only 19 G League games last season. He'd only played nine with uh, the Capital City Go-Go, an incredible name, before coming over and playing his first herd game last night. He was released by the Wizards after apparent... I don't know. They wouldn't say if it was related or not, I don't think, but there was a, a shoplifting allegation made or that was filed in court or something um, from a target. Not really sure what happened there, but that is kind of the Ryan Rollins story. He looked pretty good last night. Um, slow start, knocked down a couple corner threes, had some really nice transition. He's rumored to be like a pretty good defender, so you can see why the Bucks obviously would have interest in that. 
But I think for a pretty intriguing swing for basically the free price of a two-way spot. And they still have one open. So we'll follow up with more from there. I was not able to interview him after that game because he's so fresh to the organization. But we will have a couple of herd interviews for you after this show as well with Ty Ty Washington Jr. and Malachi Smith, who's a pretty interesting two-way wing, was on that Gonzaga team with Drew Timmy, actually. Um, so got to talk to him about being a 3-and-D player you know, contributing to the herd his rookie year, all that stuff at the end of the show. Okay. Yeah, it, it's just, uh, it, it's it's fun to see the Bucks actually fill one of their two-way spots. Yeah. Uh, they still have one more available two-way spot um, that, they, that they can fill. They have until, I believe, March 15th. Uh, it's something to, like that, yeah. Uh, middle of March to sign uh, their last two-way spot. We'll see if they fill it. But uh, yeah, just take a chance. Guys, he's, he's young, he's 21 years old. It's a... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It, like why not? That's that's exactly it. Um, and, and if we're talking about news, Marquise Bolden got called up by the Charlotte Hornets on a ten-day contract. I was going to say it will not be Marquise Bolden who is getting that that third ten-day, at least not, or at least or the third two-way, at least not for the next ten days, as he is with the Hornets for a while to see if he can break through to their rotation because they have had a whole lot of injuries. Um, so hopefully he actually gets a chance to play while he's out there. For sure, for sure. Okay. Do we have anything else before we actually get dive in here? No, I think we can we can start it up right now. So the Milwaukee Bucks, what do they need? What do the Bucks need from each player and coach? We can try and do Doc if we have time to win, to go on a championship run or go on a title run this season. So let's start with Giannis and just work our ways down. So we, we both prepared our things. We'll see how often they match up. But for me, Giannis, number one, watch some basketball. How are you going to know what to do? I'm kidding. I, I honestly was, put, like, just keep it was, up. Mine was nothing. Yeah, just keep <laughs> it up. Just keep it up. He's been incredible. I mean, let's, let's, let me, I don't even have the stats up. I have the 2024 stats up for everyone. Um, but, I mean, the season's been incredible, too. Giannis is averaging 30.8 points per game, 11.2 rebounds, 6.4 assists, 1.4 steals, 1.1 blocks on 61.6% shooting from the field. Yeah, it's, he's playing the best basketball of his career. Like we, we've talked about this before, and it's just it's it's the best we've ever seen from him. In 2024, he's up to 7.6 assists per game. He is really crazy captain in the offense in a way we're not used to seeing. Yeah, it's his second most scoring season, right? I Correct. Think last year, only to last ago, year. Last year, but it's—I mean—he might get there. It's only point three points away. I wouldn't mind if he actually scored a little less for the rest of the year, because uh, the next player we'll talk about is scoring a little more. But uh, a tremendous season. So yeah, just keep it up. He already has a season high in triple doubles for Giannis as well, with seven. He's tied with the championship year in having seven. Was it 15-16 was the first point Giannis year? He only had five that year. But I think they were like yeah. all after the break. Yeah, I think so. Because that's when Poyanis started yeah. after the break. Uh, God, what a fun era. In a different way. And by fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by fun, I mean frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Giannis, you don't really need to do a whole lot if you're Giannis. You're already doing everything for this team. In fact, like you mentioned, you could probably it's probably good if you do a little less than, yeah. than what you're doing because he, he is constantly carrying this team. He's the only reason this team is afloat right now. And uh, yeah, nothing. Yeah, He's here and he's perfect. He says he has to do less work in practices now, which 
The subtle, that was the subtle Griffin stuff that he put out there is crazy. Like, if you had any doubt, if Giannis was on board, the way he talked about how Griffin did as a coach versus even Doc is wild. I mean, he's basically like, I had to stand up and use my voice in practice and in film. All he said the time. he had to run drills. Yeah. Which is I mean, insane. I, when the quote, and I should pull it up because I, I don't want to misquote Giannis. I did this on the radio. But he basically more or less was like, yeah, the difference between Griffin and the other coaches is like the other guys are able to coach. He didn't say that, but he more or less did say that at one point. He was like something about the way they uh, – now I got to pull it up. I don't even know if I'm it's, logged in to the athletic. On it's just it, – it, it was uh, it was an insane, insane quote. And I mean, he's saying it out loud. In, yeah, just even more insight. Yeah. Uh, I have to keep pushing. Uh, everyone has to want it. Uh, he's what Doc brings. Uh, some peace of mind, Ted Kumpo said. He's tough. He's Doc, Doc bleeping rivers. He knows his bleep. Same thing for Coach Bud. Same with Joe Prunty, Jay Kidd. And Coach Griff was a great coach, a great person to work with, but at the end of the day, it was his first time. He was figuring things out, how to lead a group of guys, how to operate with star players, and sometimes that might be hard. I think everybody did a good job. His coaching staff did a good job too, helping him and making him adjust. I think he did a tremendous job leading us to a 30-13 and 13 record, but Coach Doc has won 1,100 games, so it's totally different. And then, yeah, some has been taken off his plate. It's, now it's almost like I don't have to do that anymore. I just have to keep the guys together and go out there and win. That, to me, I mean, he's, he, he said Doc knows his bleep as what he's bringing to the team. Does that not imply that Griffin didn't? I mean, it, it does. And this it was his imply. number one probably, like, you know, proponent within the org. I, he like they, you, you can quibble with bringing in Doc and the contract length or whatever. Although I just don't think you were getting him on a one or two year deal. Uh, you cannot quibble, I think, with the decision to switch. I, I mean, you, you kind of have to. Apparently, Doc had other suitors this season. I believe that teams love Doc. I mean, but for what openings? Well, I mean, I think the Nets have been looking at doing this for a while. That's fair. Here's how you know things are bad to the Nets. Their dead coach bounce game was losing by 28 to the Raptors. I don't know if you saw that. They got drubbed. Usually, yep. I mean, you're going to have at least a competitive game. Yeah, I think the the things are going bad in Brooklyn. Real bad. Real, 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 real bad. Real, real bad. But uh, uh, next player on the list. Yeah. Unless you had something else on Giannis. No, 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 no. Giannis is awesome. Just like we said, keep it up. Uh, maybe even take more games off. He's only missed like two games. Although I like watching him play, but you know, just want to make sure the big guy's fully ready for playoffs. Anyway, yeah, Dame. I, I think this is simple. I just put B Dame, and I don't even mean the results. Although obviously we want that, like the confidence. Be the guy who's pulling up from audacious, audacious distances. I feel like he has started to, because of his point guard brain he will start 0 for 3 and then just not want to shoot for a while and then just be relegated to like catch and shoot stuff too often or just trying to go to the rim or just shooting floaters. I want him to be even more aggressive with the ball. And I think it's what everyone else wants. I think it's what the Bucks need. I think his pep talk from Shaq and, you know, the the seeing the ball go in so much at All-Star and at the three-point contest, I'm hoping that happens. But that's what I want to see from Dame. Obviously, we can all sit here and say, yeah, be 50 40 90 that would be great but i think in terms of how he actually operates 
pull up from three more. Like, pull up every time you're open. I think they will fall. I think the results will be there. He showed us over the weekend, and he showed himself over the weekend. He's still that guy. It's not gone. So I think that happens, and then everything else is easy from there. So that's my thing for Dame. Just go out, be Dame freaking Lillard, be the guy everyone talks about, be the guy Giannis loves, and just fire away. Yeah, just just be confident. That was my big thing, is just the confidence level in who you are as a player and your stature in this league and within the context of this team. Like you were mentioning what Shaq told him, you got to take – you got to take charge of the team. You got to you got to take the reins. Grab in the guys by the neck. Yeah, grab them by the neck. Do whatever you need to do. And he's right. You need to be able to uh, assert yourself if you're a player of Dame's caliber. And uh, even though it hasn't really shown this season, it's because he's been trying to really fit in. He's been trying to fit in rather than fit out. No, wait, no. He needs yeah. to fit in, not fit out. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you know, he needs to fit out. Yes, yes. Yeah, he needs to fit Sorry, out. This is Kevin myself. Love. He needs to fit I, out. I confuse myself. Yeah. I confuse myself. He does need to fit out. Because he he's a top 75 player of all time. It's just he he needs to he needs to assert himself. He needs to be himself. He needs to just have that confidence, that that burning fire that really propels players of his caliber to the next level. 100%. Uh, I think we're fully aligned. Like there's no title run here. If Dame is, oh, you know, 24 points per game. Oh, didn't shoot that well. I'll just pass. I'll just play make. No, it's you and Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder out in these lineups. No playmaking. Go score, Dame. There should be a guy who is destroying defenses single-handedly for 48 minutes pending insane dock rotations each night on the floor for the Bucks. That should be constantly out there. Go destroy some worlds. So... I think he can do it. I'm very excited about it. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know how much else I really have for him. I, I think, I mean, maybe run even more. I, maybe the other thing would be, as it, it kind of goes along with that, when he is out there without Giannis, make these guys set screens for you. Like, I think that's the biggest thing, like, when, like, literally taking what Shaq said. Command like, the team. Yeah, like, you know, th- these guys have to fall in line. When Bobby goes to post up and want to take a fadeaway against a, a small, say, you know what? No, you come up here, set a screen, and roll. And then you can get the ball and dunk it, or I can pull up and shoot. I think it's got to be more command, especially in the non-Giannis minutes of the offense and saying, you know, we're going like, to play in a way that's good for me. I'm not going to stand here and watch you post up four times a row in the second quarter as the lead diminishes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's just, it, it's all about taking charge. Yeah. I think, I think we're in lockstep here. Be a leader, take control. Chris Middleton. I mean, obviously, given current events, stay healthy. Uh, is That's, number that one. is my biggest thing. That's number that one is my thing. Is just stay healthy. I mean, we've seen the last couple weeks of the season as when Chris was playing, he's been able to get back into form. He, he's been able to shoot well from all levels of the court. And even though he's not getting to the rim nearly as much as he he did, like pre-injuries and stuff, he's still able to be at like a high-level scorer from both three and two. And just be able to be that connecting piece when Giannis and Dame are not on the court at the same time. When um, both of them are sitting, can Chris lead bench units? Chris and friends, is that going to be a thing? Uh, we we haven't really seen it that too much under Doc, but then again, we haven't seen a lot of Chris Middleton under Doc. Uh, but yeah, it's, ju- it's just all about Chris Middleton. Please stay on the court. That's that's all we need. Just please, just stay stay on the court because otherwise you're doing just fine. Maybe stop turning the ball over yeah, as much. I, I had control uh, the ball more. I, I wanted to bring something on court because obviously Chris can't control. You know, Kevin Durant sliding under him on a three. Um, yeah, the maybe turnovers. Just, even yeah, though it's not con- control the ball. I mean, he still has a five to two assist to turnover ratio, which is not bad by any means. But it's just some of the live ball ones. Like if you're trapped and you have to just throw it to an opponent. Just punt the ball or just throw it out of bounds. I mean, it'll look stupider, but it'll be better for the team. That'd be really funny. I that, just, that I, should, just... I mean, or you know what? Throw it at their legs because officials are horrible at properly calling a kicked ball. It's, if it touches their leg, it's a kicked ball. No, they even have though to... that's not the rule. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You, you, sh- you should have to intentionally kick it. Mm-hmm. But, but no, it's just been it's, it's just been accepted. Like, it touches it's been accepted in the it's NBA. Just, it's yeah. terrible. It bails out no. uh, offensive players all the time. So use that to your advantage, Chris. Yeah, I mean, just go, just be a capital G grifter if you need to, or you know, just let Dame or someone else bring the ball up. That works. Yeah, too. just I don't need Chris bringing the ball up the court no. at all times. I don't. It I really only, don't. If other guys are trapped and he's like wide open, then it makes sense. But if there's any sort of ball pressure, move that thing. Recognize limitations. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. This is going to be an interesting one. Maybe like the most interesting out of all the starters, Brooke Lopez. I think I have maybe the most, I just wrote quick notes down. I might have the most notes for Brooke out of anyone. Okay, well, let's get into it. Uh, well, number one, let's start with a positive. Continue shutting down the rim. So Brooke is allowing opponents to shoot. This is just within six feet because the defensive dashboard is weird now. But uh, allowing a defensive field goal percentage of 55.1% on the season, which is nearly nine percentage points lower than those opponents are normally shooting within six feet. That differential is uh, up there with Giannis. Giannis is allowing them to shoot 9.3 percentage points worse. Crowder is apparently 9.4. I guess Jay Crowder has been defending interior very well this season. Uh, and Thanasis up there at negative 6.8. Uh, Robin Lopez was actually 5.6 as well. The drop drop coverage Robin was was doing some things out there. Um, but could keep that up. I mean, that's been good. That I, I want to like, that has been a strong point for the Bucks. Their rim defense, now that they're back with 
now that they're back to leaving Brooke and Giannis back there, has been great. So shout out to Brooke. Continue that. It has not been on the same level as a couple of years ago, but I think you kind of expect that given the external factors of, you know, it's Dame and Malik Beasley chasing these guys to him, not Drew Holiday and Wes Matthews, etc. I think the number one, you know, change or what they need from him, I mean, they need that to continue for sure. Improve the shot selection. I mean, this is something that has driven us crazy at points this season. Is it good that Brooke has never had a record scratch moment by not taking a shot? That in itself is good, yes. Is it worth putting up a shot almost every time you get the ball? No, that is not a good trade-off. Again, this is one of those things where, and I think Giannis needs to do some of this too. These guys have to go to him and say, hey, if we're equally open, I'm more open. Like, I know you've played a long time. Your stature on the team is unmatched, everything else. You know, you're two for five in this game. We can't have you taking four more threes because it's just not, it's not good. It's not good offense. It, it just loses all the rhythm. I think he needs to be a more willing passer, get to the rim more, probably set more screens for Dame because he is the best screener on the Bucks. Giannis isn't very good at it. We haven't seen Bobby do it as much. More of that, I think, would be cru- crucial offensively. But just stop shooting. I, let, let, let it fly go. That was two, three coaches ago now. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, is it, is it the, which is a little unfair, but. Should we, should we give Brooke the Giannis Serge Ibaka treatment, say you're a, you're a role player, you're a screen setter? I, I just want to change what he does a bit. I, I It's difficult. I recognize it's difficult because you don't want to put him in the corner because it takes him so damn long to get back. But I do think he's got to He also be, doesn't fit in the corner. That's also fair. I do think he's got to be closer to the rim more of the time. Yeah, we we I feel like we've barely seen any Brook Lopez like in the paint yeah. sort of actions at all this season, and partially that's because Brook Lopez, you know, getting up there in age, starting to struggle yeah. with his mobility a little bit after becoming Superman after back surgery last year. It's it's been a bit more of a struggle this season. His his uh, overall rim numbers are down. His roll man numbers are down this season compared to last season, and so I I get why, but also like you're not utilizing Brook Lopez to his full strengths by just having him pull up from 40 feet. I mean, he can't just, he can't just move all of his shots to 30 foot threes that are kind of open. Like that's just, and they're open just because he's tall. Yeah. That's why I mean, they're kind of, he's not like if he's wide open and he takes that shot sometimes fine, but he's like a defender's four feet away from him and just not closing out because teams aren't worried about that shot. And honestly are probably going, Oh, Instead of Dame or Giannis or when he's healthy, Chris Middleton or Malik Beasley, it's Brooke Lopez shooting over me from 29. Yeah, sure. That's okay. I'm not even going to close out. And it's just happened far too often. Um, So, yeah, I think the number one thing is just finding ways to clean up that shot selection. I mean, more than half of his shots this season are threes, which does not feel like a good balance for a player shooting 34% from three. No, it's just just clean. Just be smarter, Brooke. How about that? I think threes make up more of his shots than any starter besides Beasley. Yeah, they do. Dame is not quite at half half of his shots. From obviously, Giannis takes almost nineteen shots, and less than two of them are threes. Chris doesn't rely on him that much. Bobby, we'll get to should probably more. Beasley almost his all of his shots are threes. Then a lot of the bench players, 
are probably relying on threes too much, frankly. Probably need more bench players. That maybe I'll file that away for one of these bench guys, but not getting to the to the rim enough, or not not getting within the arc enough. Uh, but I think Brooke also. I mean, just even if he wants to do more of those glacial drives, I mean, those have kind of worked. It's it's, it's something yeah. he's improved on. Yeah, it's been it's been a fairly efficient shot for him, which is crazy, and it has been throughout his entire Bucks tenure. Yeah, just you know, it's it's better when the big fellow's closer to the basket. Like that's a, yeah. like I don't want I don't want to go all traditional basketball on you, but like Hubie, Hubie, you're, you're a big guy. You're a big guy. Oh, get down to the rim. Oh, he always makes those funny noises. Um, yeah. Brooke what are Lopez, your thoughts on Hubie as a commentator? As like a color guy, uh, I'm not against him as as against him as Numak is. Numak hates Numak hates him. I don't. And I'll tell you what I think I agree more with Numak. I'm not a big fan. I, I think, I think he's past his prime, which is fair. Yeah, he's, he's well, I mean, he's way past his prime. He's 200 years old. I, I think he can still do I it. I respect that he's still doing it. He he loves the game. I'll say and that for sure, and, and that and, comes through. Yeah, and so I never, I never truly hate the Hubie broadcast, but some there are times when it's just like, I think it was worst for the Bud Bucks. All the threes they would take, and he'd be like, "Oh, you got to get it into the paint." Like all that's all, and they're like. They're winning by 30, and he's like, they're just not getting to the paint. And maybe he was right. Maybe they needed to get to the paint more. But, um, but no, he does love the game. And it is some, when he gets in his bag of talking about like player techniques and stuff, that's really that's a good listen. I w- we probably need more Hubies, even if some of his stuff is a little too old school. Yeah, it is what it is. We, we respect the game, so we'll respect Hubie. But that doesn't mean I have to enjoy when he's on broadcast. That's fair. Malik Beasley. What does Malik Beasley need to do? I think be more involved on offense. I was going to say, yeah, because... And We're, we've this agreed doc- on like every single one. I know. This we is not we, we talk to radio. each other too. I know. We talk to each other too much. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all about for Malik Beasley in the last couple of weeks. It's been... Uh, He's just not getting involved in the offense enough. He's not taking enough shots. He's not getting open shots, which is crazy considering earlier in the season we were seeing, yeah, Malik Beasley is the type of guy who will go and get his own shot no matter what. He's not a Grayson. Like we were saying, he's not a Grayson Allen type, even though Grayson is absolutely killing it. I'm so proud of my son. Uh, You thought he wouldn't even be in the Suns rotation. I know. Uh, He came back. uh, He was in the Suns rotation too much over All-Star break. I think he came back a little red. Did you see what Jim (laughs) Mozarski tweeted? No, I didn't. He was like, it was always fun after break to see how, how red Grayson would be when he got back. That was oh, one that's of so those. funny. And then somebody, oh, who was it? Oh, somebody, I love Jim. Somebody shared a great pic of some player who was just like burnt to hell after All-Star. It was great. Imagine getting sunburned. Couldn't be me. It could uh, be me. I got to be careful out there. <laughs> Never gotten sunburned in my life. Uh, you don't need to flex this hard. I gotta have they, you gotta, you guys gotta let me have some things. Um fair. It's, fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Uh, Malik Beasley, even though he's he wasn't like a Bucks era Grayson Allen type where it, it's just, theoretically he should be more involved, but he just wasn't getting a lot of shots. He was finding his own shot, but that's sort of diminished over the last couple of weeks. Uh who knows if that coincides with a doc's tenure or not. But we've seen a lot less Malik Beasley just flamethrower moments. And not even that, but the opportunities for Malik Beasley to get on a heater. Because he's the type of guy, we've talked about this before, if he gets on a hot streak, you just need to feed him the ball and he'll knock shots down forever. Yeah. 
Uh, he is he is a very very streaky shooter. Unfortunately, that did not come during the three point contest where he came last. Uh, it was close. I mean, what, it was like one shot away from advancing or two. I mean, it wasn't. No, he needed twenty six. He got twenty. So two. Oh, how much are they worth? One. Oh, he needed, uh, he needed the money balls are two. He needed a couple money balls, the, a starry and shot. And the starry starries was, are three. So By close. the way, Dame won the three point contest and All Star Game MVP. Yeah, what, did we not say that? No. I mean, I, I talked about it in my answer to Dame. Yeah, that's so, fair. Yeah, it was great. It feels like so long ago. I don't think I don't know. I don't think we have many listeners who aren't aware of this yet. Also, I think yeah. the the winning six guys covered it too. But oh yeah, what was I saying? Malik Beasley didn't translate in the three point shooting contest. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's more about getting him a volume of shots that he just isn't used to getting in the last couple of weeks. And I don't know necessarily how that's going to come. I think it deals a lot more with rim pressure. What we've seen a lot in the last couple of weeks is Giannis really dominating the ball, being the guy who's going to take over sort of the point guard uh, responsibilities as Damian Lillard has sort of struggled. So we're not seeing as much uh, real, real drive and kick game. We're not really seeing a lot more rim pressure leading to open three-point shots. I mean, this is a guy who's taking around nine shots a game, right, in uh, Malik Beasley for this for this season. What is he at? Is he at 8.8, I think? Yeah. Um, and it's just, I don't know. We, we need to see a lot more Malik Beasley. I think I'm just rambling on the same point over and <laughs> yeah, over Yeah, we do. Yeah. So I'm looking it up now. He... He drives 2.2 times per game, which I don't think is enough, um, even though he shoots 53% on drives, which is, I mean, pretty good, better than Chris. Uh, unfortunately, almost equivalent to what Dame is shooting on drives this year. One interesting thing I noticed, he's not getting to the line nearly enough. So Cameron Payne played 700 minutes for the Bucks. Pat Connaughton has played 1,065 minutes for the Bucks. Marjan Bochamp has only played 568 minutes for the Bucs. Malik Beasley has played almost 1,600 minutes for the Bucs. He has less total attempted free throws than the three guys I said before him. Than Cameron Payne! Like, Marjan is... He almost has Marjan tripled up in minutes, and Marjan has taken three more total free throws. One, shout out to Marjan, who has gotten in the paint, drawn contact, and finished at a high level this year. But, I mean, Pat Connaughton? We said there's games where we forget he's out there and he plays 25 minutes. He has more attempted free throws than Beasley. I think Beasley needs to, I'm not saying, you know, give up any threes or that he's taking too many threes. I don't know if that's even possible, but needs to be more aggressive with the ball when he's driving. And it does feel like sometimes he kind of dances around contact. Probably needs to embrace that a little bit more. He's just not getting to the line hardly ever. I think he averages half an attempted free throw per game. And I wonder how many of those are on threes. Are technical. I was going to say how many are oh, technicals. And technicals. Yeah, technicals or on threes versus from driving. I mean, he shot 25 free throws all year. To put that number into That's perspective, insane. Dame, who we say never gets a call, has shot 387. And again. Giannis shoots like 20 a game. Yeah, Giannis is at 591. Uh, Cameron Payne has not been a buck. You know, was not playing a lot of the time. Has shot forty four free throws this season. Like Bees has to get to the line more. I don't. I, it's he has to he has to aggressively attack closeouts. We're not asking him to be a guy who's like the the reason Cameron Payne has more attempted free throws and it it, it makes sense is because he's a guy who will have the ball in his hands who will run a lot of pick and roll and sort of attack get downhill. 
that's not Malik Beasley's game. Malik Beasley is more suited as a catch and shoot operator. I mean, but what Malik what Malik Beasley needs to do is aggressively attack closeouts because teams are going to close out to Malik Beasley. He's the Bucks' best three point shooter. He's one of the top three point shooters in the league this season. He is respected by opposing defenses. Opposing defenses are not going to do a Brook Lopez contest for Malik Beasley. They are going to go out there. They are going to close out hard. What Malik Beasley needs to do a better job of doing is attacking off closeouts. One thing we've seen a lot from Malik is a lot of sidestep threes, sort of step back, wait for the wait for the guy to fly by, go hit a three. No, go downhill, my guy. Yeah. Go downhill. You're an athletic guy. You don't really use it a ton in your game, but you you are. You can embrace that contact. And you know what? With today's NBA, if you are a smaller guy driving into a bigger guy, you're probably going to get the foul call. We're, we just don't see that nearly enough from Malik. We don't get aggressive. We don't see him attacking closeouts and driving off closeouts. We see a lot of sidesteps. That's something we see a lot from Boss Man, too. We'll get to him later. But just these sort of sidestep threes rather than just get... I sound like such a such an old head right now. But, like, <laughs> go, go downhill. Get to the basket. This team lacks so much rim pressure outside of Giannis and Dame. It's It's crazy. It is. I mean, Bees is shooting less than one time per game in the restricted area this season, which is clearly, you know, not enough. I want to look up quick. And also, I mean, the other big note for him is, like, just keep fighting defensively. I think he has been a little better under Doc than he was under Griffin. It seems like Doc is really trying to pull more aggressive finishing out of him. So I think that could remain. Well, let's see. It was 2021. So it was the Bucks championship year when he... Um, was basically like a 19-point-per-game score. So what I want to see is how much of his scoring was at the rim then. And is that something... Because I do think, like, with your other ball handlers being Patrick Beverly, when Dame's not in there, like, could he do more more ball handling? And that year, he shot almost four times at the restricted area per game. So that's more than shots he took anywhere else besides threes. Like, it's more... Then he shot in the paint non-restricted area, way more than he shot mid-range. And he was finishing there 55% is not great, but at least he's getting there, forcing those looks, probably drawing some free throws. He took 6.2 above the break threes per game that season, which is honestly a wild number, but kind of on brand for Malik Beasley. But yeah, I think he needs to just be more aggressive. Obviously, it's not, you know, he's not as good of a finisher as he is a shooter, but he and the Bucks, I just think, need that balance offensively. I think the Bucks outside of Giannis and Dame sometimes, have not had enough players who go to the rim. And I think that's why we're calling out him and Brooke to do that more because we've seen those guys can do that. They just probably haven't done it enough. Yeah. I mean, defensively, do you have any other notes besides just, like, fight, get through screens? I think he has been fighting. I think he has been, too. I think he has been, too. I think he's just limited. The screens, I think, have been better. I think that's where you've noticed some improvement. Yeah. I have. No, that's fine. So just keep that up. Just keep trying, man. We appreciate what yeah. you're doing. It's not an ideal circumstance. Just keep in mind the bag coming this summer. If you could just keep getting through those screens, Malik. Mm. Unfortunately, not from the Bucks, but who knows? It, yeah, we'll see. It would be nice, but I don't anticipate it. Bobby Portis. A lot of places we could go here too. The Bucks bigs have been. I was gonna say you had a, you had a lot of notes for Brooke Lopez and a, a lot of stuff for Bobby Portis. Yeah. Um, you one, said, go ahead and we've, start. We've, yeah. We've we've talked about this already. Uh, you've you've mentioned this. Set more screens. Yeah. Uh, just 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 be a screen setter. Don't just be a black hole on offense in terms of just posting up a guy. 
Uh, I'm going to go insane one of these days. We might have a Brooklyn Game 3 level pod for me one of these days. Oh, boy. Um, it's just, I, I'm, I'm starting to lose my mind. But, yeah, set, set more screens for Bobby. Just be more involved in a team offense, in a team-oriented offense, which is, like, that involved, like, you can still take a solid volume of shots doing that. It's just the way that they're going about it right now with Bobby is not serving anyone else on the team anything. If you were a screen setter, you can go, you can dive to the basket, you can uh, roll hard and even operate out of the short roll if you want to, like, do some fun little post moves there. You can uh, hit catch and shoot corner threes if you if you decide to take more of those, which you've been a good shooter this year from three. Just just take more of them. It's it's all about taking. It, we're not even trying to say. I'm not even trying to say take less shots because Bobby is an important engine to this team. He is the only bench scorer they have. Uh, they they need him to be a punch off the bench. Uh, maybe literally. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes uh so hey you know what if someone's disrespecting someone you know you, you bobby's gonna do he's gonna be do. there yeah um which is a good role it's an it's it's an important role he doesn't he doesn't let anyone uh anyone uh disrespect Giannis or anyone nobody is punking no not with bobby there no which is great that's good that's what you want to see uh yeah just just you can take the same amount of shots just take your shots in different ways yeah Quick aside on that, Wenyan Gabriel has been one of the more vocal herd players this season, and I had to laugh last night in the game against the Rip City Remakes, which is Portland's team. Um, Ryan Rollins, who has been with the Bucks and herd for about five seconds, is drawing with a player, and like Wenyan Gabriel was right there, and it felt like within one second had gotten directly into the I won't say altercation into the verbal exchange. And I was like, that's awesome. I mean, they've been teammates. They played 10 minutes together and just I'm like, no, you're not going to do this. I, I love those moments. Shout out to Wendon Gabriel, who's back and healthy after that uh, or scary fall on his, his backside a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, for Bobby, here's a do you know the four players who are leading the Bucks in three point percentage this calendar year in 2024? Giannis? Bobby's one of the no, no, no. He is at thirty point two percent. I don't. It felt higher than that. It always does. It never is. Bobby is obviously one of them. He is fourth uh, at forty point three percent. He's actually tied for third at forty point three percent. So that's obviously the timing of me asking, mostly from the corners. That was one of my notes. Keep shooting those corner threes. He's hesitant to do it, but he's up to thirty eight percent on the season and over forty percent. You know, in the last two months here. He's finding success. That's been big for the Bucks. If that holds, that's a big a big change for them if he continues shooting them. He's tied with A.J. Green, who you would expect, also at 40.3%. Malik Beasley is in second at 41.6%. Again, you would expect that. Do you know who's in first? I wish it was T.A. Uh, he is in last. Zero. Yeah, he hasn't hit a three. No, 0 for 1. Um, he actually attempted a three, though, which is he had important. to. Who was it? Ty Ty? Somebody passed the ball to him that should not have. And he had to and take that. like a sidestep fadeaway yeah, three. I, I, I'm not even mad at TA for that. No, it, well, no, it wasn't his fault. He should, whoever passed it to him, I forget who it was. Maybe it was AJ. I don't remember. He shouldn't have had to take that shot. Is it Andre Jackson? Uh, no, he is four for fourteen this year. He and Marjan mm-hmm. both are sub thirty percent, which is not good which we probably kind of expected. Obviously not a huge sample size for either of them. 
Uh, no, it's Pat Connaughton, 48% in 2024. <laughs> we'll get to Pat in a second. But I, every time I look at his 2024 numbers, I'm like, oh, he's at 50, almost 50, 50, 64% from free throw. He's nine for 14. But wow, that's incredible efficiency for Pat Connaughton. Um, for Bobby, I, I had moved shots closer to the rim. I, I don't even mind if he posts up sometimes. The volume has been way too high. But sometimes I'm okay with it. When he settles for these fadeaways against like six for six players, it drives me crazy. If you want to post up, do a real post up. Go take the guy to the rim and shoot it from two feet away, not from 16 feet away, falling backwards. Like you don't need to take the Kobe shot. Go take the Shaq shot. It's there for you. You're stronger than almost everyone guarding you. And you're just not doing it. And it's very frustrating to me. I agreed on pick and roll. Uh, I agreed on keep shooting corner threes. On defense, I don't even uh, just like I maybe stop trapping. I know it was like one of the more successful things he's done defensively. I don't think it's really holding up anymore with the way they've shifted their base defense. I think it's just kind of weird now. I don't know what to do with him though. I don't have a great note on this, but like has to find a way to survive defensively there's been some nights where it's just like their defense just becomes non-competitive when he checks in which you just can't afford yeah it's it's it it so often leads to the bucks like giving up a deficit or uh, giving up a lead increasing a deficit is just just turnstiles on defense just being able to you know allow so many paint points uh it's, it's usually pain points uh, just just so many pain points and we're gonna see hey we're gonna see some bobby and gallo lineups apparently so just be oh yeah prepared the new for four or five. Oh my god i'm gonna have a so stroke we'll see does he mean that they're gonna be two of the five bench players or that they're gonna play together that's gonna be the big we'll see what happens i suppose in, in gallo's debut yeah we shall we shall see before uh, before we get to the do you have anything else on bobby no it's just i, I it's what we've been saying all season long, you know, it, it's yeah. just a constant. Uh, I feel like we're just going insane because we say the same things over and over again, but to to no avail. Yeah, uh, we didn't think we were going to after the trade deadline, but now we just have Gallo in the mix for for reasons. OK, before we get to the rest of the Bucks bench. I want to talk about our friends at Prize Picks. America's number one fantasy sports app, more than 3 million members, the presenting sponsor of the Eurostep and Win in Six and other GSPN Bucks podcasts. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers, pick more than or less than on player stat projections, which in this case, it's Rohan against the numbers. Rohan, you've got a prize pick slate lined up for Bucks Wolves. Well, you can share it, and we can all root along with you this evening if people listen before the game, which, again, there's 12-plus hours from when we're recording until the game, so folks can listen before the game. Uh, what do you got dialed up, Rohan? So one th- for for this for this Bucks wolves game, what do I have dialed up here? So we've talked a lot about Damian Lillard, right, and how he needs to come out fire and how he's going to carry this momentum from the All-Star weekend yes. into – into this uh, second half of the season. And I thought, why not? If there's a combined points and assists, and the projection is 29 and a half, you've got to go more than. 
You've got to go more than 29 now. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with For Chris out. With Chris out, too. He's got to be so crucial on Points offense. and assists. That's, yeah. You got to. Is that a demon or a goblin, or is that the No, the that's just straight Wow, that sounds like a goblin to me. <laughs> For folks who don't know, the goblins are, are a little more feasible projections, and the demons are harder ones with, with payouts changing, um, you know, accordingly. I'll tell you what, though. There's a, there's a demon four and a half. Uh, three pointers made for Dame. I'm oh. tempted. Oh, I'm that, tempted. that is. I'm ooh. I'm tempted. Uh, one demon I'm not going to go for is uh, Brooke Lopez. Two and a half three pointers made. Uh, Honestly, just, like that. He obviously could do it. It's just like uh, that is. Yeah, that's hard to rely on. I'll say that. Um, but I will say Malik Beasley. Ten and a half points is the projection. No, oh. I'm going to go more. Okay, you're saying they're gonna get they're gonna get bees involved like we talked about. They're going to get bees involved. I'm being just super optimistic about what I want to see from the Bucks, and I'm incorporating what we've been saying for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so Malik Beasley, more Bobby than... Portis screen set. Are we going to I more wish. than on that? No <laughs> prize picks. Let's get on that. Uh, but uh, the the final the final projection I'm going to make here, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, 34 and a half points and assists. Hmm. Got to go more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the way, again, more than seven. I mean, he's averaging this year 37 points and assists. So, yeah, I'd feel pretty good about that one. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. Good picture. Feeling pretty good about that slate. So, yeah, those are those are the those if are my you, selection. If you're listening, you want to get on the action. If you think, can you make better, make better picks than Rohan? Or do you just want to say, oh, those are, you know what, Rohan? I probably I'll, could. I'll, or, or do you want to say, you know what, those are perfect. I would like to make those as well and potentially win money. You can. Go to prizepicks.com slash Eurostep. Use code Eurostep for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash Eurostep or just wherever you're accessing prize picks. Put in that promo code Eurostep, all one word. Get a first deposit match up to $100 on us. Enjoy. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy with prize picks. Okay. Let's go to Pat Connaughton, who I mentioned before. I, I had Jay Crowder first. We'll go back to Crowder. Given the way like he's actually pulled it together offensively, assuming he's going to get at least more chances to play, I, I think it's going to be more competitive now with Gallinari and with the way A.J. Green has come on, not much less you know, if other young guys can be a factor. I think he's got to be more involved offensively. He's got to shoot more. I, I think, I, and I think what, it, what it comes down to to me is probably just needs to move more to the ball. I feel like there's been too often this season where he just kind of gets planted in one spot and doesn't move. I think Pat's got to get more involved cutting, rotating the space, calling for the ball, like working to get open more. And I'm not saying he's been lazy. I just think he's got to be extra, you know, like let me do something because defensively he has not made the same impact. We'll get to the defensive end. Offensively, though, if you're going to shoot really efficiently, if you're going to finish, if you're going to distribute well, I mean, he played point guard a couple games and he had like an eight assist game. Like he's done some things very well offensively this year. Just got to do more. Got to be more involved in your minutes. You can't be just like, you know, oh, just going to stand here and watch Dame and Giannis and Brooke and Bobby. Like, no, you've got to make more of a stamp on that end. If you're going to earn those minutes, if you're going to, you know, win back over Bucks fans who – have had a hard time with the Pat Connaughton experience this year. Congrats to Pat who got engaged over All-Star break, by the way. That's very nice. But got to be more active offensively. 
<laughs> you're like i'm just dogging this guy too much i gotta say something nice oh, i forgot i forgot until i was midway through the the thing and i was like, like oh, that, that was nice i'm Congrats. being too mean to him congrats on the engagement i was like, I did, I did. I, I, both can be true I, you're right it's just very funny um but no you're, you're you're right you hit the nail on the head it's been it's been a less than uh less than a, a Worse than expected, I'll say, Pat Compton experienced this season. After last season, last regular season was disappointing. We see him in this five games against Miami, and we're like, hey, he's back. If he, he's back. He's back. And then, no, he's gone again. Uh, it's a, uh, what's that? What, what? I'm trying to make a reference right now, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, whatever. It happened uh, before 2010. What? Saying you're young. Your references oh. don't go back past 2010. Yeah. Um, you're, you're making yeah. you how? Wait, wait, wait. We gotta take a minute. So you're making a reference and you don't remember. No, the I, th- I I had something in my head. I was like, I'll reference this, but I can't remember what it's from. Oh. So I can't say it. So I'm just gonna cut my. Wait, losses. you can. Well, you could say it, and we could try to figure it out. No, it's okay. Uh, it's it's not gonna be understood without any context. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to cut my losses here. I'm not you're making you. me you're making me dig a deeper hole for myself. Okay. But yeah, well, it's the the pack content experience it, it's 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 gone again this regular season. And he's still here, surprisingly, still on the team, still still a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh yeah. Uh, as we detailed post trade dead post trade deadline, very surprised. But yeah, he's here. You just need to make more of a stamp. I think that's a great way to put it. Like you said, just make more of a stamp of your imprint on the on the court, and it just. I don't even care if it's good or bad. If it's bad, at least that makes means you're out of the rotation. But if it's just this treading water that he's doing right now, it helps no one. I, I was just on defense. Maybe just start following. Like be aggressive. Something. Be super aggressive. Like the way defensively, it just feels like. He's just been wet paper against drive sometimes. And again, congratulations on the engagement. It that's that's tremendous. But defensively just gotta just gotta stand up a little bit more. And whether that means like be at the risk of getting like calling fouls, like at least that sets more of a tone than just giving up the rim. Like try to draw try to uh, draw charges. I, I don't know. I mean he sometimes gets hit in the face and it's still a foul on him, which is pretty unfortunate. But yeah, I just think be more involved and more impactful on both ends. Even that, like you said, at the risk of making a bad play, try to make a play, not just be there. I think that's that's the number one thing for Pat. Uh, for Jay Crowder, probably just do more than like shoot a ton of not open threes and be quicker defensively. I don't know if you can ask him to do that necessarily, but can you um, just can you just change your level of athleticism real quick uh, for maybe me? Maybe it's just a, maybe that's a role thing we have to address with Doc instead, but uh the Duncan Robinson guarding tape was bad. His three-point percentage has been very bad. Uh again, kind of I think he he's probably closest to Brooks sometimes and the like well, you don't really need to shoot every possible three when you touch the ball, Jay Crowder, but he does. Uh, when he was making them at a 50% clip, it was great. Now that he's shooting them at a 28% clip, it's less great, which is, I think, the classic Jay Crowder experience. But I, I would say maybe just try and like either go to the rim more and just not always shoot threes, and then defensively uh, just you know stay a little closer. Or just, again, I don't know if that's you can just ask him to do that, but I don't have any other notes for him on defense. 
Yeah, I think it, it more boils down to a shot selection thing because we, he's had this level of athleticism all year, even pre-injury when he was just tearing it up. It wasn't he wasn't really quick or anything. He's just more suited to be a big defender. You mentioned his uh, defensive numbers uh, at the rim earlier when talking about Brook Lopez, and yeah, it's because he's a strong dude. He's it's the James Harden effect of yeah, just jacked. He's just jacked. Stout. He's stout. He's you're not going to move him. Push I wanted to see if you. Would, I wanted to see if you would keep repeating everything I said. No, okay. uh, I've started to wake up as the podcast. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 more of a you know if he gets switched onto a big, it's okay. Yeah, and that's fine. That's all they need. He's not suited to be that Duncan Robinson defender. He's not suited for that. He, that's why you need guys that's why like you got Gallo. Beasley to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man. The day I see Danilo Gallinari chasing around Duncan Robinson is the day I stop watching basketball. Gallo's <laughs> got to find a new guy to do his photoshops, or maybe he's doing it himself. His I'm doing the Buck Photoshop was like. <laughs> if you yes. haven't looked it up, he posted. I'm on so Twitter glad you mentioned IG. that because I was like, "Am I going to be too mean if I bring this up? Is that too specific?" But I'm glad you brought it up too because when I saw that, I was like, "Man, I could have done better than that." <laughs> yeah, I used I've to. Do, I used to do I've jersey seen swaps. You do better yeah. than that. Yeah, I used to do jersey swaps. The color, the green, day. was not the right color. Yeah, come on, Gallo. It looks like he bought that. It looks like he bought the jersey. From like one of those like fake jersey yeah. sites or something. They, they did a jersey swap with the like off like not even fanatics like the <laughs> the see through pants. Oh my god! I saw somebody say don't let fanatics do basketball shorts, and I saw somebody else say hold on now. I don't think <laughs> hold they on, should. Man. I don't think no, they, they absolutely fanatics shouldn't even be doing the MLB stuff. No, clearly, clearly you're right. Clearly, <laughs> unless fanatics wants to sponsor the show. Yeah, we'll make we'll make Adam and Andrew do like a best see through butt of the week on cruising for a bruising. I'll tell you what that segment would do numbers. <laughs> that segment would do numbers. <laughs> Maybe we'll have them do that anyway. Um, anything else on Jay Crowder? No, no. I think and even like the rest of these guys, like who, like Pat Bev is the next big rotation. Oh yeah, I didn't piece. even do Pat Bev. It's because we, we haven't seen too much of him to really have yeah. like that much of an impact. Um, maybe stop causing fights during the All-Star break. Uh, maybe <laughs> yes, don't just... <laughs> post less aggressively. <laughs> yeah, maybe... Like, Make uh, more factual actually, claims. Yeah. Like, why is the guy you're... Why, why is the hill you're dying on is that Doc, is, is Doc Rivers' defense? Hey, he's going to get more minutes. That's a we didn't play. even mention that during the media tour, man. Like him oh, getting yeah. him getting into the fights with JJ Reddick. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's Austin Rivers. It's and been then... an insane Dude, week for Spencer the... Hawes tagged in. That's what I was Spencer, like. No, I can't okay, do when this Spencer anymore. Hawes tagged in, I was like, "This is too far. This is this crazy. is too far." Yeah, no, no one, one cares about here. Spencer. Uh, sorry, no. Jordan and the Yeehaws, but no, no one cares about. <laughs> that's a throwback. Oh yeah, uh, no one cares about Spencer Hawes and his days. I I think like he made Robin Lopez look quick. Um, I did have one for AJ Green. Keep shooting. I, I know his, he's had a couple cold spells since getting more minutes. His season number percentage is still great. Keep shooting all the threes. And th- this might not defend as quick as possible. Like, really, I, he's better as stout. They probably need him to be quick. So I would say 
spend as much workout time as you can, like chasing guys around. Because if you can fit into that role, the Bucks really need you to. Because Marjacks, like stay ready and don't have record scratch moments when you get in the games. But like they, I just don't know how many opportunities they're gonna get. I don't think that either of them have played very well uh, in the last you know several six weeks here. So there may be an opportunity. Stay ready, like be ready to come in and not you know like ruin offensive possessions. But uh, I just don't know how much is going to be for Gallo. I just put hit shots. Uh, I don't know what else we can expect. I did have one for don't, Doc, but do you have any? No. Do you have any for those those group of players before we finish up here? Marjax, I mean, it's it's just tough because they don't play. Yeah. Um, stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. I guess just motivation. Yeah. Um, chop Marjan. wood, carry water. For yeah, chop wood. <laughs> Maybe that's what it takes. Um, <laughs> that, for Gallo, that, that is doing it. Gallo, uh, please plead with Doc that you shouldn't play the five, uh, just for the benefit of the team. I mean, is is him playing the five better than him and Bobby playing together? Why are you making me? Pay? <laughs> I think he's gonna be a two. I'd take that honestly. I don't know about that. Would the you Bucks rather don't... see Danilo Gallinari play at the two or the five for the Milwaukee Bucks? The five, Bucks? the five, and just okay, just switch. I guess that he's food for twos anyway. I don't know what you do with him. <laughs> All I'm saying is uh, Otto Porter Jr. is going to. I got a out. DM from a Wizards fan who was like, "Yeah, I don't think he can move anymore," and I was like, "Good, great." That's that's great. What we <laughs> wanted to hear. You pair him with Bobby. I think he's going to turn back the clock. I'm on board. Uh, for Doc, I think it's all about finding the right lineup pairings. As we talk about Gallo and oh, Bobby. For, no, first of all, stop doing interviews. Yes. But then find the right find the right lineups to get through. Obviously, the starters are really good. Don't mess with the starting lineup. That's been great. I think the bench groups, the number one thing they need is, I mean, they need to be more focused on what they do, which we've talked about a lot of those things. But like, you know, can we do Bobby and Giannis and Brooke and Dame to keep some rim defense? Can we avoid putting, you know, a bunch of non-factors on offense? Can we avoid losing too much spacing? Can we avoid being too unathletic at a time? I think all of those things are going to be crucial toward toward the Bucks making a run. So I think that's the number one thing for Doc is just managing the groups that are out there and avoiding the lineups that make us and everyone else watching the Bucks go insane temporarily. That would That would be my number one. I don't know how much confidence I have in that. But I think finding the right, even if it's not all the time, if it's, if there's five minutes of bad lineups, usually, I mean, it can be really bad in the playoffs when things shorten up. But in the regular season, you can live. But find some crucial pairings to get through bench groups. That's going to be number one for me. Yeah, it's it's all about it's all about uh, exploring different lineup combinations that work because, like you mentioned, we've seen that the starters play really really well together. They remain one of the top lineups in the NBA. Uh, in terms of offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating, everything you want to say. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the thing is, the rest of the lineups just haven't worked. Anything without, without Giannis doesn't work. Anything with Bobby and just Bobby at the five doesn't work. <laughs> got to find something to do with that. That's going to be the, probably the most difficult thing is like, how do we make the Bobby lineups not be bad? Uh, maybe that's what I should have put for Doc. It's an interesting puzzle piece or a puzzle for him to piece together. And we'll see if he's able to do it or not. Uh, we shall see. We shall. That's all I've got. Uh, I don't yeah, have any more. Yeah, that's all we've got. I mean, it's not all we've got for this podcast, though. No, that's a good point. My interviews with 
Ty Ty Washington Jr., very good one. Asked him about some All-Star stuff and, and seeing the Bucks All-Stars as well as just his play, his season. He's very efficient season for him. Big assist numbers. He talked about validating his belief in himself as a passer. Some good stuff. And then, again, Malachi Smith, who was fun to, to catch up with him uh, and talk to him about his season, his rookie year with the Wisconsin Herd. Obviously not the result you guys were looking for tonight, Ty Ty. Seemed like maybe just uh, a bit of a shooting slump coming back from the break, first game back. You know, what do you think was the key for Rip City to kind of walk away with that game toward the end? Uh, we just came out lack of energy, lack of focus, and they just came out and they just had energy and they was playing harder than us from the start. I mean, that's pretty much what basketball is. You know, it's about making shots, playing defense, but it's also who wants it more. And they just came out from the beginning of the game established, you know, they're willing to show that they wanted it more. And we tried to, we dug ourselves in the hole and we tried to climb out of it. Every time we got close, they made a big shot. So. You don't always see the leading team going into zones, aggressive trapping, two on the ball, but to your point, Rip City was really aggressive with their scheme as well as how they played out there. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you feel like, when you look back, obviously you haven't gotten to watch the film yet, but how do you feel like you guys countered some of those aggressive defensive schemes they threw at you? Uh, just being, being aggressive right back, you know, they probably being aggressive just to slow us down, but and that's what that's why they were playing the zone they were playing. They were just want to slow down, uh, take time off the clock. But once we figured like it was just fake pressure, once we started to be aggressive right back at them, you could tell they started falling back and we started getting easy baskets. So, I mean, tonight I'm going to go watch the game with some of my teammates, fix our flaws, and be better on Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, too, toward the offensive rhythm, you know, I think just a couple minutes at that end of the game, you would come out with the with the injury. Is that a hand? Is that a wrist? And, and just how is that feeling right now? And how is that impacting your game out there? Uh, yeah, just a little quick hand injury. I mean, it's not affecting my game at all. I mean, I'm just out there, missed shots tonight. Just ball wasn't on my side. But I mean, other than that, like you said, I got hurt early, but came back and just tried to battle with my teammates. Is that kind of, you know, extra wanting to get back quick, knowing you guys were a little shorthanded with only eight players tonight, or did that not really impact your thinking? Uh, not, not really. I mean, you know, if you hurt, you hurt. So it's just like, you know, I got hurt initially, and then coaching staff just tell me, you know, whenever you're ready to let us know. I just took a couple minutes off, and once start, the pain started throbbing and stuff, I just went back out there. Played against Jazzy and Gorman, who obviously started the season on the herd tonight. What was that like? I saw some words exchange. I didn't know how positive or, or not those were. What was the experience like playing against Jazz? It was good. You know, Jazz is like a little brother to me. Uh, he's a rookie. The way he acts, that's how I was my rookie year as well. So it was just good seeing him, you know, on that team thriving and stuff. I mean, he was here thriving as well, but now he's on his own team. Now he's showcasing all the stuff that we've been to he could do. Uh, it was real fun playing against my brother out there, but between those lines, he know he was out there talking a little crazy to us. So... <laughs> We're going to get them on Saturday, man. <laughs> um, you got a fellow new two-way here in Ryan Rollins. He made his debut. I know he's really new to the team, but just what were your early impressions of playing with him? It seemed like throughout the course of the game, you know, his comfort level went up a lot right. from that first half to that second half, operating more on ball. Uh, yeah, he's very skilled, you know, very skilled combo guard. Um, you know, he could play the one, play the two, so that's always good. You know, we complement our, our games complement each other real well. He could shoot it. Uh, he's very, he's really athletic, but he doesn't like to show it. Like you said, you can see he just got comfortable. I feel like he started the game. You know, it's his first game with us. He had one practice with us and threw him out there and started with us. So, you know, he's out there, out there asking us questions and stuff. But you just tell us, of course, through the game kept going. He just figured out it's just basketball. We're just hooping and just let his skills show. So I feel like, you know, as we keep playing these games, the more games we play together, the better us two will work together and the better he'll just find his own rhythm. So I feel like, you know, we talk to him after the games, let him know, like, you're here to hoop, bro. Like, you're here to help us win. So I feel like he knows that and he's going to show that next game.
Absolutely. Um, not sure, you know, what the split has been like for you with practices, Milwaukee versus Oshkosh, but just wanted to ask, you know, now there's been some more time since the coaching change, if you had any, you know, more impressions or insight about Doc Rivers and, you know, what it's been like playing for him up there as the Bucks head coach. Uh, yeah, the time I've, uh, my time I've been up there, it's been really well, you know, back with the team, uh, new coaching staff. So once I got up there, Doc and new staff, you know, they try to catch me up to speed as quick as possible. You know, we got like, practice game, game. So it's just like any chance they got, you know, anybody from new Stuff, just telling me the different coverages and stuff that we're learning, you know, trans transitioning from Griffin to Doc, you know, it's just a lot of different terminologies and stuff. So, you know, guys up there, the players and the coaching staff have been helping me to keep up with them. Yeah, I've heard Pat Bev has been calling out plays that aren't even yet in the Bucks playbook. Um, you know, what has the interaction been like with him? Obviously, you know, he's been in the news quite a bit these last couple of days, but it seems like a guy that his teammates are probably really fond of him, even if some outside voices are less so. Nah, yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody knows who Pat Bev is. Pat Bev is going to be Pat Bev no matter who who's on the team. Uh, so, you know, he came in from day one, just not even established his will. He just let everybody know, like, I'm here to win a championship. I mean, that's a, that's a common goal for everybody up there. We want to win a championship. We want guys who can help us win a championship. So he just came up there from first, uh, day one, just brought his energy, brought his coaching tools, you know, just brought everything. Yeah. Um, brought his podcast as well. So, <laughs> that's cool, man. You got to put in a good word. We need to do the crossover. I've been, I've been wanting to record with him. So let me know you. about I that. I got you. I got you. Um, I know you've talked about your relationship with Dame and what it's been like. You know, what was it like for you? I don't know if you were in Indy or not, but just getting to see from afar or up close, you know, him winning the three-point contest, him getting all-star MVP, maybe getting, you know, some of that mojo back after just some a, a shooting slump uh, so far this year. Uh, you know, it was real good. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the events, like, live, but I watched the highlights and stuff. I mean, already, I bet all my money. I knew Dame was going to win. I didn't bet no money, but I just bet. I knew Dame was going to win. That's a but, good, good you know, correction there. But, you know, like, it was just good seeing him, you know, after that tough loss to Memphis. Just seeing him go out there and have fun, you know, for a couple of days, you know, not, it's really good uh, competition, but, you know, it's just, you know, guys are out there to have fun. And that's what, I feel like that's what he did. I feel like, you know, the second half of the season after the break, you know, we played tomorrow against Timberwolves. Up there. I feel like he's going to go out there and just show what everybody knows what Dame can do. Absolutely. Last one here, you know, you're over nine, nine assists per game, almost three to one assist turnover ratio, efficiency way up versus last year. Do you feel like you've kind of proved that, you know, you've taken a step from that rookie year to that sophomore year and that, you know, you're an elite player at this level? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm just trying to show that, you know, that every year I'm going to continue to get better and better. You know, people tell me what my flaws are in the summer. Whenever chance I get, I just try to go, you know, conquer those. The biggest knock was, you know, I can't pass. But I look at me. I'm second in assists. Unfortunately, I want to be number one. But it's going to come over time. But now I'm just showing this year, you know, you know I'm more a little more polished. You know, I know how to run a team. You know, I feel like I could be, you know, that backup point guard. So I just came out, and that's pretty much what I'm doing, you know. I looked last year, like, the top 25 scores in the G didn't get a call-up. So it's like, teams already got their guy that's going to score. What are you going to do to help them? And I feel like that's what I'm trying to transition in now. Absolutely. Thanks, Tatai. Malachi, obviously not the result you guys were looking for. You know, what do you think went wrong uh, in the game against Rip City tonight? Uh, I think we just started slow. You know, I mean, no excuses. You know, coming off break, we got to just come out high. You know, they're a good team, you know, obviously. So I think just we dug ourselves in a hole and, you know, we fought back in the third quarter and, you know, beginning of the fourth. But sometimes when you put yourself in a hole against good teams, it's hard to come back. Absolutely. You know, it seemed like they were throwing a, a lot of different wrinkles at you as well to hold that lead. You know, some aggressive trapping, zone, all sorts of things. How do you feel like the team did executing against those kind of countermeasures tonight? Uh, I mean, they, you know, like I said, ran a lot of different stuff. So, you know, as a team, we got to adjust on the fly, still stay aggressive. But 
just kind of not overthink it. So I think, um, you know, next game, just kind of try to prepare for, you know, everything, but still just play basketball and play together. Despite the disappointing result for the team, you had a very nice game. Your season high with the herd so far, I know you'd scored more before. Um, what do you feel like went right? Is that just, you know, more opportunity to shoot? Did, did the shot just feel good? Or what went into the, the nice scoring night for you? No, I just try to stay confident no matter what. Like, you know, the team has belief in me. I'm, you know, I know I'm a shooter. You know, I feel like staying aggressive helps the team. You know, I can be aggressive not to just shoot, but also to pass. So I think, uh, you know, just stay aggressive and just stay confident in my, my abilities. You mentioned the passing. You know, it seems like your role has kind of shifted throughout the season, sometimes off ball, sometimes kind of running the point. You know, how do you feel like you've done with that, managing those different roles? And, you know, is there a preference? you prefer to play one way or a different way when you're out there? Um, honestly, I just want to impact winning. So whatever's asked to me, if it's asking me to bring the ball, if it's asking me to be off the ball, if it's asking me just to rebound and play defense, like I want, I want to do whatever it is, stay on the floor. So I'm in an impact winning. So um, I think one thing about me is I work on my game a lot. So being able to do both is something that I feel comfortable doing. And um, like I said, just do whatever's asking me. Absolutely. You know, I think you're at 39% from three, you know, physical defender. NBA teams, basketball teams love the three and D thing, right? Do you feel like your game fits into that? Obviously, not limiting you to say that, but you know, do you yeah. is that something that you strive no, for to my, do both? I know that's my you know opportunity to try to create a space for me to get in, you know. So obviously, you know, making shots at a high level and then being a defender, not being a liability, you know. Also, you know, doing things like taking charges and you know talking a lot. So I'm just trying to hone in on those things and just control, you know, control what I can control. How's your experience been like in the G League? I know this is your, your rookie season here after a decorated college career. What are just your thoughts on the overall level of talent and what it's been like playing in the G so far? Man, there's so much talent down here. You know, every game, there's no off nights. There's no games where it's like, oh, okay, this is an easy game. You know, you got to take every opponent seriously. Every player brings something different to the table. So, you know, just as much film study, you know, uh, working on your craft outside of practice and, you know, stuff like that. It's just as important to stay effective. And, you know, if you don't work, it's going to show down here. So you'll, you'll get embarrassed. Definitely. You had some real tough finishes in this game. I think that's how you first got on the board and, and probably had three or four where finished through traffic, through contact, still convert the layup. What's the key to maintaining your poise, getting the shot up, even if you are running into some contact under the rim? Um, I think, I mean, that's just stuff that you work on, you know, um, you know, with Coach Lance, you know, stuff I work on by myself, just finishing different ways, you know, these teams, these players are bigger, stronger, faster, you know, than me sometimes. So being able to make shots effectively and, you know, um, you know, I was just saying that. Yeah. Um, final one here for you. You know, how do you look at your own season, evaluate how you've done so far in this first year in the G League? Now you've, you know, had to switch teams, switch roles, but overall, you know, you feel good about your performance thus far? Yeah, you know, started out really hot with um, Rip City, you know, and then, um, you know, had an injury, but coming here, you know, you're going to a new team, new players, new system, you have to adjust. So yeah, there's been off nights and games where I wish I played better, but all I can do is watch the film and just, like I said, stay confident and just, you know, it's ups and downs in the season, you know, there's so many games in the season, every game's not going to be high, so just because you have a low game doesn't mean I get defeated or anything. Would you classify this as a revenge game? Uh, I would just call it another game, okay. you know, honestly, my old opponent, so I want to win no matter who we play, but like I said, just going out there trying to win, I don't care who we play. Thanks, Malachi. So yeah, great to hear, great job, Ty, great job as always with the interviews, uh, it's uh it's interesting to see. We should probably do a little bit of a herd check-in as well. They are they just snap they they lost to the Rip City remix, unfortunately. Yep. Uh the big snapped performance. A six game winning streak, unfortunately. Yep, S snapped a big uh got 41 put on their head. Yeah. Just uh just a tough, 
tough scenario coming out uh, of the all-star break here for the Wisconsin herd, but they remain third in the East, I believe, correct? Yep. I think they're still third. I know they were third going into that game. So yeah, playoffs are it's, uh, still very much in the picture after that long winning streak. The season is winding down next month. So really just need to hang around this level. The way the playoff bracket works, if they are third or fourth, they will host a playoff game in the first round because first and second seeds get a bye. But it is a, I believe, a 1-1-1-3 in terms of games played playoff bracket. So you're not going to get many games. Uh, and really, I think that would be their only home game if they finish third or fourth. Probably could be their only home game until a potential finals game that have won more. So obviously, first or second would be ideal to get more of those home games. But the max you can host is four because of the... Pretty insane G League playoff setup, but I want a playoff game in Oshkosh so bad. I am manifesting at least give me one. It would be so electric in that building. So rooting for that, and hopefully, Rohan, you could come join me for it if it happens. Would love to do that. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Herd finish out this season. Uh, let's see how Ryan Rollins does. We'll see how many call-ups the Herd get. Uh, they already lost Marquise Bolden. Uh, Chris Livingston, not with the team. He was called up by the Bucks. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, him back. he has played very well with the Wisconsin herd. Yeah, maybe that's why they lost. It didn't, I think he was there for most of that winning streak. I think there's certainly a connection there. Also, not having Bolden and Marquise Chris was out as well, uh, dealing with an injury that came uh, about uh, came up before the game. So, hopefully, he's not out for too long either because we talked about the herd's big men were a driving force for them. They had lost two of them due to call up an injury, just had Wenyan Gabriel, who was still great, but. At one versus three is a big difference in your rotation. For sure, for sure. We'll keep you updated with this Wisconsin herd season as it uh, starts to wind down here and keep you updated for all things Milwaukee Bucks. As we say, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on Blue Wire and GSPN presented by Prize Picks. Uh, make sure you check out gspn.info for links to all of our podcasts. Make sure you uh, subscribe wherever you're listening to this, watching this podcast platform of choice, YouTube. Uh, tell your friends and family about the show. We're going to be covering this team as they pursue this uh, hopefully deep playoff run. God, I hope so. If they get bounced in the first round again, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, no, it's but yeah, we'll have even, you. Oh. Let's not put that energy out no. there. Knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll have you covered for all things Bucks. And like I said, check out gspn.info for all our links. Pod random, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>